Get ready to wave goodbye to pretenses and say hello to unfiltered conversations, genuine insights, and candid parenting discussions. Welcome to Farewell Mr. Nice Guy, the podcast that breaks down barriers, challenges norms, and embraces authenticity in relationships and parenting. With your host, MNG, and he is thrilled to be your companion along this journey. Whether you're seeking insights on relationships, parenting tips, adults of introspection, or the courage to be your genuine self, Farewell Mr. Nice Guy is your trusted ally. Let's embark on this journey of unmasking, connection, and growth, one candid and authentic episode at a time. Welcome to Farewell Mr. Nice Guy. I am your host, MNG. And today, our topic of discussion is the fears in parenting. Now, you know, I come on here and I talk about all my little stories and parenting and all that stuff like that. But today, we're talking about the fears in parenting. And I have a guest today. I have Candace with me. She's here and she's going to talk about some of her fears that she has as being a parent. Welcome, Candace. What's going on? Hey, y'all. Oh, look, she has such a soft voice. So, one thing I want to ask you is, now, we're both parents. You know, my son, he's um, going to be 17, and your daughter is going to be five. Seven. Seven. <laughs> Next year, in January. <laughs> he's going to be seven. Oh, my little friend is growing up. But she's going to be seven, so I, you've had seven years of parenting, and I've had like 17. So just kind of walk me through some of your fears that you had as a parent, either before being a parent or, you know, even now. I would say before being a parent, I all, my one biggest fear was just not knowing what to do, period, at all. I was so clueless. I didn't even want kids. So meeting my husband and talking about a family and getting married, that was something new for me. Even though I grew up in a two-parent household with them both being married, I just felt that just wasn't for me. I mean, I seen how happy they were, but that's just, I seen how happy they were, but it just wasn't for me, so I thought. So you thought, <laughs> well, and I, and you know, my, you know, my story, yeah. um, I actually wanted kids. And when my son and mother got pregnant, I was all in. I was like, no, I had, had a kid, had a kid. Yeah. We're we going to work it out. We're going to get married. That was my whole thought process. Like I walked in with no fear whatsoever, even though I, matter of fact, you may not even know this story, but one of my cousins actually called me and was like, Hey, I'll pay for the abortion. You don't really want to do this. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking on the phone, I'm walking in the Target on the phone, like, wait a minute. Like, is this something I should be listening to? Like, I'm just really confident in what I wanted to do. But the fears that I had raising my son after first getting him, you know, I was I, I was literally scared to death. Yeah. Because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have, neither one of my parents were really parents. Right. You know, my dad, my dad wasn't there. My dad didn't come around until he was until I was nineteen, mm-hmm. and then my mom she was pretty much working all the time. So there was really only my grandmother and my auntie, and I pretty much was a free spirited kid. I was a little spoiled, so yeah. I, I did whatever I wanted to do. So there really wasn't any rearing inside of my household. That makes sense. It wasn't any rearing. So when I was so when I was raising my son, 
the only thing I knew that would kind of like get them right or get them in check was like whooping them. And even with that practice of rearing, it was kind of like, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. You know, like if I if I do this, is he is he is he gonna turn out to be a good kid? Is he gonna turn out to be a bad kid? And then you start realizing like certain parenting tactics. Yeah. Is those parenting tactics gonna work? Are they not gonna work? And it was times where I thought my son was gonna hate me. Yeah. I mean, it was times he went to bed crying because of those those tactics, those parenting tactics that I had learned that I thought was gonna work for his generation. Yeah. And it was a fear, and it definitely. One of my fears was, you know, him going to school, um, diming me out, saying, "Hey, he beat me at the house," <laughs> and I get, I get CPS on my ass, like, yeah, like they on my ass, like, you whooping yeah. this kid? Oh, it's going, you about to go to jail? I'm like, man, please don't let him. Like, I mean, I ain't beat him with no, no belt or anything, but some of my fears is just him growing up not being a productive. What was he? What if he flunked out of school? Right. No. So what if he? I know some people fears are like, oh, what if my son turns out to be gay? That was like the least of my fears. Yeah. I I was more concerned about like, man, what if he go out there and he becomes a murderer? So, right. Or just raising him in general, like you start to see some stories where your kid got you find out your kid got a regular heartbeat. Yeah. Or they end up having cancer. Yeah. You no. Know, or they end up getting some disease that is irreversible. I was starting to think about stuff like that, not just mm-hmm. me raising him, but some of the things that are like, is he really as healthy as I think he is? And you see all this stuff on Discover on and TLC, and just, and you just yeah. like, like, is this going to be my kid? Is this going to be my next kid? Yeah, yeah. And with the level of autism increasing, I am scared to have more kids, like the, the level of autism yeah. that is increasing. So... We're talking about fears, but I want to kind of talk about like, um, like how you were raised, like from like to definitely you're an adult now. Definitely you're an adult now. We're both adults. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm trying to get my thoughts together around here. But how were you raised, and how does you being raised? How does that affect how you raise your daughter? Um, I was raised in a strict household. My parents, you know, Christian, raised up in a Christian household. Me being the only girl with four brothers, so it was very strict. If my daddy wasn't there being strict, he left my brothers in charge being strict. So, um, I didn't really get many whoopings. So, I mean, it was just kind of like, all I, my mom had to do was just give me a look. And I was straightened up. Oh, the fiend the, the look of death. The, yeah, that's all she had to do, and I was straightened up. Now, my brothers... That look didn't matter to them, so they got whoopings. And when I seen they whoopings, that's all I needed to see. <laughs> so I was good on on the whoopings. So raising my daughter, Aubrey is six years old. She'll be seven. And I can count on one hand how many times I spank her. I say I spank. I don't say whoop or beat or anything like that. <laughs> you, don't say, you don't say the regular black people shit. I don't. Like, I'm going to whoop your ass. I don't. I put some, how I was raised, I feel like me and my husband instilled some of that with a little bit of our own parenting style, meaning she doesn't get whoopings. I just have to be completely honest. She does not get whoopings. She's very smart, very intelligent, and she knows what she needs to do. But I also have to think about the fact that she tests us also. So with that being said, I do 
threatened a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I'm, the empty threats. Yes, I'll and take your TV away. And they're empty. They're really empty. <laughs> but she understands where I'm coming from. But like I was just talking to my husband, I was just like, we might have to pop her at least once or twice because she's so brilliant. Like I, when I say my daughter is like really smart, God really blessed me, and I thank God every day for that. But overall childhood i we got one like my brothers like i said my brothers got whoopings i didn't get whoopings so i'm just really trying to teach her to love i'm teaching her to um just be gentle with life i i feel like my childhood was kind of like so strict to the point where like when it came to aunties and uncles they wasn't really there for me or anything like that. they was there for my brothers i feel like boys have it way better than girls, and that's just me being brought up in as the only girl with four brothers. Okay. Because my brothers can go outside in the street, play football. They can do all type of stuff. And guess where I was at? On the porch, looking at them play football. So, with that being said, and then don't let me want to go down to the park. My mama was sending one of my brothers with me. To go to the park. To protect That's, you. That's protection. The park was literally one house down. But it's still protection. <laughs> no. You can't was, see through walls. Listen. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. So I just, well, I only got one child. And I just feel like my biggest fear for her was wanting a sibling. Because I just feel like I cannot do that again. What? I'm so serious. One and done is... My motto. <laughs> I mean, you still, but you, but like they say, you know, you still young. You could have, you could possibly have another one. You know, as long as, as long as it works out, you could possibly have another one. It's possible, but I'm gonna try to prevent that if I could. But just um, like I said, I'm just trying to raise her to be a good human being. Like how you spoke on just what if your child grew up to be a murderer or just anything like that. Those thoughts always run through my head or just. Just not a nice person, just not a sweet person that she is now. Because you know how people be like, well, when my child was little, they were so sweet and so nice. And that's Aubrey right now. So nice, so sweet, humble. She would tell me, like, Mama, I learned about being um, um, showing empathy to people. And when she said it, I was like, what? She was like, yes. She was like, I've learned about that, and I want to showcase that in my everyday life because that's what my teacher said that I should do. And I looked at her like, it shocked me. And she does show empathy in her everyday life, and it's just amazing. You ever just be like, dang, I want a girl to be like you, but you're only six. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you're no. only six. Some, you know what? There's some kids I want to grow up to be like because they like little millionaires at this point in time. Like, yeah, they making like, more money than I am. Yeah, I want to grow up to be like you, like just making like millions. She has no fears of just nothing. Like, life is just daisies and rainbows. And I just, and I kind of, that that's a fear of mine because she don't know how to stick up for herself also. You know what that means, right? What that means? You gotta take her to the hood. No. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta listen, listen. I have, I'll be honest. I have a suburban child. I, I have too. a suburban and child, and it shows. The the way I was raised, I was raised in the hood. You know, I was raised on a middle block on the west side of Detroit, 
on one end, you had like supposedly Crips and Bloods. You had like some Bloods on one side, mm-hmm. and on another block, you had some Crips, and then they would come to the middle block, and that's where they'll do their showdown. Okay. Not they showdown. That's what, that's what they they would use our block like it's a neutral turf. We about to fight here. We're not gonna fight on our block, but we're gonna fight down here. So they will always fight on that bell block. So we so as kids we seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. And and we did a lot we did more too. We went outside, we jumped around, we got scarred up. We well you couldn't get off the porch. But shut up. When I was a kid, <laughs> you know, we jumped over fences, we were about ten blocks over. You could what, a bike on a summer day. I could ride a bike, but I had to stop at the corner and then go. You know, you know how your parents be like, "Okay, I can see you from this point <laughs> to this point." So, however much room, look, look, me and my friends, you have right here. Me and my friends was all over the west side. Like, we was riding our bikes to no end. Like we were fearless on our bikes. Mm-mm. My son. That boy will barely walk down the street. <laughs> like he don't know what outside looks like. He don't know what a bike. He he had a bike and never rode it. Bike like got like two rides. That's like no. a never. That's never riding. It's <laughs> never riding. Basically. <laughs> but and, and we had friends. You no, know, we went outside and we did all the things that kids would do. So these new age kids, they don't like to go outside. They don't like to go outside. And my is nieces it, don't even know what jump rope. They like. How don't you know how to jump so, rope? So is that is so? Would you say that as a parent, do you think it's our fault that I do that they're not that they're not going I take, outside? I take the blame for that because all we do, I feel like at some point we just oh, it's a tablet, an iPad, here a phone. The moment you buy a kid a phone, it's just like it goes downhill from there. You know what? I'm, I'm not well. I didn't get my son an actual phone. Like he started off with flip phones. I'm like, you gonna have to show me you know how to you know, operate these mm-hmm. minutes before. You can yeah. actually get a real phone. We ain't, we ain't gonna do a real phone. We're gonna do an emergency phone first. <laughs> and then we gonna kinda upgrade to Aubrey is six and she just asked us her birthday's coming up, her seventh birthday, and was like, Mom, do you think it's time that I can get a phone? You know, I'm gonna be in first grade and then you know when the next year come, then I'll be in second grade. And I'm just looking at her like, a phone no. Do you feel like there is too much information? That kids have access to. Yes. Because if you want a phone at seven, imagine okay. the information. Even just having the tablet. Now she you can regulate. You can, you can regulate the tablet. Yeah. You can regulate the tablet, and you can regulate the phone as well to a certain extent. Within this year, her conversation has gotten so in depth to the point where I be scared to ask certain questions because she be just be telling me so much stuff, and I just be like, "How do you know that?" Well, you know, I just use my brain. So oh, I just, <laughs> I think my I think my fear of having another kid, because I only have one. So the fear of having another kid would be that they would literally be able to outsmart me, oh, without course. me even knowing it. Yeah. With the way technology is, like they would be able to get they would be able to get so much over on me. I'll be sitting there looking like, yeah, definitely. Like you you did what with my phone? You you did what with the you locked me out the house? Man. Like I need you to unlock the house. That's crazy. That's true. Running the security cameras, like not even seeing your next child, like just my child is in the middle of just everything right now. As growing up, like if she wanted to, like she can work my whole iPhone 14. And when I tell you, I don't do nothing on that phone, but she know how to do everything, everything on there. So I'm just like, you don't need a phone. You're not getting a phone. No, not at all. No, you know, the funny thing is. My it was one point in time my son was like real slick. He was real smart. 
So he you I had, he had two phones. He had one phone and the other phone was kind of like dead, right? Mm-hmm. He was using the second phone, and I'm and, and, and I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to just put him out there. He was using the second phone to look at explicit content mm-hmm. because it was on Wi-Fi, and then he used the other phone as his main phone. Smart boy. I I'm sitting there <laughs> looking at him like. I'm like, bro, I'm like, bro, what you, what you, what you doing with the other phone? I caught him. I walked in. I said, what you doing with the other phone? Nothing. I'm like, let me see. Well, all kind of explicit content. I'm like, I mean, he was been a teenager, but it was all kind of explicit content. I'm like, oh, okay. Let me go ahead and take this phone up off your hands, bro. Were you mad? No, I was actually proud. I'm just glad it was women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad he was looking at some women. Like he. He likes women. <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to last, but for the most part, I was just excited. He was just looking at women. I'm like, yay. <laughs> like, I ain't even got a question. I ain't even got a question. I think you did an amazing job of raising him just being by yourself and just, I mean, his mom was not around like that. No, nah, she she wasn't. She wasn't. And you did good, so it's and, like. And I, and, I, and I think that was. I think what your if you was to have a second child, I think you would do good too. I, I would have to be married. Yeah, I I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to be married. I, I totally agree. With I, that. I I think I think another one of my fears with that is I wanted to break the generational curse. True. You know, my dad had me at twenty one. Mm-hmm. I had my son at twenty one. Right now, my son told me he a virgin, but I don't really know. I don't really know. You think he'll lie about that? If he felt like it would upset me, I think he would. Mm, okay. I don't want him. To, I just don't want him to turn out and have a kid at twenty one, and but then have it, to try it could to be his first time. To, if that's the yeah, case. and then he's trying to figure it out and figure it out and figure it yeah. out, and then I'll still be young, so I don't want to be a grandparent and a grandpa. I, I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna love that kid to death. You, know? you are. I'm you gonna are. Love that kid to death. I'm gonna be like, you know what? This is my second child, right? <laughs> You, you gonna love. Come on, Luke. Come on, Luke. Let's ride, let's ride out. <laughs> so do so. Think about your. Just think about childhoods. Mm-hmm. Just think about childhoods. Would you say that you had any childhood traumas? Just thinking back, because I know. Just just thinking back to my lifestyle, one of my childhood traumas was for the first. I was a. I was the only child for twelve years, mm-hmm. and then. My second oldest brother came around, which kind of pushed me out the nest, and I had to go and fend for myself, and I had to be the head, like the like the real leader of the family at that point in time, and I kind of separated myself from the whole family and went and just did my whole my own thing, and then when the youngest came, I really kind of separated myself from the whole family. It was like, okay, I really know I'm on my own, especially with such a age gap, and I didn't really have any too much of a relation with them growing up. So I was kind of, and I kind of regret that, that I didn't have a relation with them. And I think that was kind of where my traumas kind of happened at because mm-hmm. I got pushed out of the nest at 12 yeah. to go out there. It's like, okay, well, I got to go and get it because ain't nobody giving me no money. I was getting allowances, couldn't get no more allowances. Mm-hmm. So now, now my money flow got cut off. So I'm like, all right, well, yeah, I got to go out there. <laughs> my, my money flow got cut off. <laughs> so now I got to go out there and get it. So now I'm like, okay, well, there's, there's nothing for me to do but go and get it. So, I was I grew I feel like I grew up so fast. Yeah. Once they came around, because all the attention left me. Yeah. I I'm not gonna say I was neglected, but mm-hmm. I lost so much attention 
from my mom. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a lot there, but the little bit that I was getting, I lost it to a new child. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm about to grow up. I'm about to go do what I need to do. I'm about to go ahead and, and, and carve my own way. And that kind of that kind of led to like a, a rebellious behavior of mine. Because by the time I got to high school, I was running the streets with my friends, staying out to one o'clock in the morning. My mom was calling me, where you at? I'm at my friend's house. I'll be home in a minute. Won't come home till like two o'clock in the morning. Just completely disrespectful. I was yeah. sneaking women into my mom's house. Like, oh, I was, was just, I was wild. You was just out here doing I it. was wilding. I was drinking early. You yeah. know, I was smoking early. I just went to a real rebellious stage. And I think that pivotal point happened at 12. When I, when I felt like I get, just get kicked to the side. Yeah. Um, Me personally, like I said, my parents were strict. So, <laughs> drinking, <laughs> smoking, <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then they had a spy. <laughs> they had to <laughs> They had a spot. So I will say, if I had to think about any childhood trauma, it would be not having relationships with um, my aunties and uncles. I feel like that affected me as a young child because I think I really, like, pushed my brothers to have relationship with all their nieces and nephews now. Like, call them, see how they doing. Just, you know, make sure you make sure they good. Hit all my brother kids, I call them, make sure they good. The oldest one, they kind of, you know, think they're grown, teenagers. But when I see them, I try to still make them feel loved. Give your auntie a hug. Give me a kiss. I missed you. How How's school? What's going on in your life? I had that conversation. I never got that as a child with my aunties and uncles. But my brothers did. My brothers, they got picked up. She bought clothes, shoes, whatever my brothers thought they wanted. But when it came to me, it was just like, hey, niece. And that was it. So I felt like that was something I never wanted them to come into my child life. I know that I feel like that. Saying it out loud sounds so mean. But <laughs> I was just, when I had my child, I was just like, I will never let them into my child life because they come in, come out of it, come in, come out of it. And that's not something that I wanted for my child. Like, y'all are not nice in a nice way to say this. But um, I feel like that would be a trauma of mine of just trying to make everybody get along. Make sure that the kids and my brothers are always good. Being just, I call myself a helicopter mom, auntie slash. And I try not to be that way. Okay. But... I am. So, so basically, the negative, the so basically the treatment that you receive from your aunties and uncles, kind of kind of making you the outsider, yeah, so to speak. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's and that's a real trauma. That's it a real is. trauma. Not not feeling included. Yeah, especially one of my aunties. I will never say her name just in case she's watching <laughs> this or hear this. <laughs> she made it her business to get all my brothers and do fun things with them. And I mean everything. Whatever they thought they wanted to do, she did it. And she will literally tell my mom, like, I'm not coming to get your daughter. You know how I feel about little girls. Little girls are fast. They this. And it was just the words that she would use about a 10-year-old little girl. 
they're fast, they don't listen, you don't know what they could be out here doing. And I'm just like, I can't even get a drink of water by myself. Like, <laughs> but let alone, let alone be able to walk out, let alone be fast. Like. Exactly. And I just was like, I feel like those words hunted me. And I feel like I've never got the chance to just tell her, like, Don't, that you really hurted me when you did that and when you said certain things like that. But I feel just knowing how her mentality is now, I feel like even if I was to go to her and say those words, like, you hurted me, and I just feel like I deserve an apology or just heal that inner child uh, trauma that you put in me, I feel like I will get no, nothing back. And, you know, even with that, it if you feel like there's no conversation to be had with that person, in most cases, if you just forgive that person on your own. Oh, I have. You know, that will bring so much closer. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest. I haven't got to that point yet. <laughs> I respect that. I, I haven't got to that point. I still hold grudges against people. You do. I still hold grudges. <laughs> I still go to grief. I still hold grudges against people. Like, I've... Now, now, I will be honest. I did forgive some people from my past, like mm-hmm. high school and stuff like that. But present day, it's a little hard to kind of, it's still fresh. I, I can't just yeah, forgive in a moment. Give me, give me a year or two. I, I have to. I have to forgive. I, ha- I didn't say I forget, but I have to forgive because me forgiving someone, it makes me feel so much lighter. It makes me feel... Just, that burden is lifted. Yes, like a release. And um, whether or not, and the crazy thing is, the auntie, she always called my mother and just be talking. And like she talk about all the nieces. So I was like, hey, maybe I'm not by myself. You're probably not. <laughs> I was just like, but. Everybody's included. All, all the girls included. <laughs> but the crazy thing is that even though all the girls is included, she still made initiative to do for the other girls. It may not have been as much as my brothers and stuff, but mm-hmm. she did some things. So And you and you have those aunties and you have those uncles that are like that. And that's fine. And that's just something that I did not want for my child. Like I knew how I felt growing up. Mm-hmm. And one thing that my brothers did that I loved them for, even though she took them and did all kinds of stuff with me, they will still like she'd get them like Forty dollars or whatever to let them buy. I mean, she would get them so much money. She and they would get to buy whatever they wanted. But one time, like a few times, my brothers always bought me something back, and that's something that my dad instilled in my brothers is like, regardless of what you got going on in your personal life or whatever you got going on, what she's doing or trying to separate y'all, you always look out for each other at the end of the day. That's real. So that's real. they will always bring me something back, whether it was some candy, chips, some juice, or you know, something like that. But they was going to buy them some shoes. <laughs> but I ain't going to be, I ain't mad. So I, <laughs> so I kind of, and I know we talked on it briefly. We yeah. probably went into it extensively. But I, I do want to talk about, you know, how do you parent differently than your parents? Oh, I, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I know you talked a little bit about like, it. But totally I know, different. But I know, you're, I know you were saying that, um, that you, you pretty much didn't get whoopings. You pretty much was spoiled. Yeah. So, but how does that how does that play over to your daughter? Um. Well, my and daughter. Your, and your, your parents. See, with my parents, we, you know how, like, when we have a conversation or whatever, you can't really have a conversation with your parents because they feel like everything you say is disrespectful. True. And everything you say is just not right. 
true. So with my daughter, I even had a cousin to speak on this, but I'm just going to tell you. But with my daughter, my daughter is very outspoken. She can tell me whatever she wants. She could talk to her dad, me, anybody. If you, if she has a feeling or an inkling of a feeling, she's allowed to express that. I wasn't allowed to express certain feelings or just anything because I shouldn't have, oh, you're only 10, so why would you even feel that way? Or you're only this age, so why do you feel that way? So traditional black household. Traditional black family. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Traditional black household. So... um. I'm not raising her like that. She's going to be able to speak her mind. She's going to be able to say whatever she wants to say within reason. And, you know, for the most part, um, that's something different. Also, when it came to just spending time together, my dad, he worked a lot when we was younger. I mean, he was there, don't get me wrong, but he did work a lot. He worked Monday through Friday all day long. So we didn't have times where it was just like, daddy daughter days or you know something like that so that's one thing that i expect from my husband is just like always show her that you love her always take her out do something with her like we have family days if it's just once out the month or just anything a family day where she gets to pick what we do or she gets to pick some we i didn't have that being Mm -hmm. growing up and it's just Family means everything to me. Even just, you know, seeing my parents and stuff. My parents, I can count on one hand how many times I've heard my parents argue. Literally. Never. And that's something that I go by also. Me and my husband, we don't argue on my daughter. We don't, we barely play fight around my daughter because I just don't want her to think that that's okay either. Okay. Okay. Well, I definitely, I didn't stray too far from the tree with my parents. You know, there was a brief period, well, it wasn't brief, I would say about 10 years, mm-hmm. where I worked the two jobs, went to school, and I wasn't there for my son like I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't do the trips and uh, all the fun activities. Now, we did do some things. Yeah. Let's say we did some things. I went to every graduation. I went to every event that I had to go to, no matter when, no matter what time it was. If I had to call off from work, I was there. Yeah. Can't say the same for his mother, but we're not talking about that. Yeah. But... <laughs> I was at all the important events. Right. I couldn't make all the fun activities, but I was at all the important events. And I feel like I did the same thing what my parents did. They put so much emphasis on work and trying mm-hmm. to provide and not enough emphasis on, hey, what is my son interest? What does yeah. he like to do? Like, what can we cultivate? Like, is it something that we can help him build now? That way he's not doing the same thing we're doing later. Yeah. I think uh, I think my parents missed out on that point on, on that part. So my goal was to make sure that I was in my son's life. Hey, what is it like you like to do? What is it that we can be on right now? What are you into? And I made sure that in that aspect, I was in his life, knowing how his day went, knowing um, if what he wanted to do with his future, right? And seeing, hey, if this is what you want to do with your future, how can we put you in a position? To learn more about it right now. Let's not wait till later do to want to um, do about it. Let's do it now. Do you talk to your son about just being a better person? Then you know how some men, some um, kids, they see their parents and how they parent, parent, or just how you go about how you run your household or just anything. And have you ever had that conversation with him to be like, I just want you to be a better person than me, a better man than, than me. I know I'm the one raising you, but just better. Definitely. I've had these conversations 
consistent conversations with him since he was younger. I mean, I've always had serious conversations with my son. Mm -hmm. um, one thing is that I want him, not only do I want him to be a kid, but I also want him to start thinking about things. Yeah, because you said you was out around it, 12, 13, doing yeah. your thing. So, <laughs> so I, want, I want him to start thinking about things in, in a realistic fashion, but still being a kid. Yeah. So we would have these conversations um, uh, just about life. You know, we would sit down, we'd have a conversation about life. Even now, I have conversations with him. And in those conversations, you no, know, we joke and everything. Yeah. But it's more so, I always want you to be better than me. I want you to go further yeah. than I did. I want you to start earlier. Yeah. I started late. Same. You know, I, I was like a late bloomer. So same. I started late. <laughs> I don't want him to go down that same route. Yeah. You know, we already passed the drinking, the smoking, mm -hmm. and all that stuff that I did at a young age. Yeah. You know, if we can get past 21 without having a kid. We in that thing. <laughs> I mean, can we pass 25? Like, Listen. 21 is the first mark. Can yeah. we get past 25 with no kids? Can we get to 25 and maybe he has a degree? Maybe he built a business. Mm -hmm. Maybe he went into trade school. Maybe he went to the military. Something along those aspects of something that I didn't do earlier on that I had considered later on in life right. as a late broomer because I didn't have the roadmap, nor did I have the parents that were knowledgeable to get me to where I needed to be. Oh, they wasn't you. knowledgeable. So, and I can't fault them for not knowing. That's true. From the generation that they came from. I mean, my dad and my dad came from 12 uh, kids, uh, a house of siblings, 12. Siblings, yeah. 12 siblings. My mom came from like 12, like 13 siblings. That's true. So they came from big families. So they didn't have the dedicated time of attention that they needed. Yeah. They didn't have the time of attention. And their parents didn't teach them about making time and just instilling other things in there. Because, you know, like, our grandparents and mothers and them was raised in the church their whole life. So it was just kind of yeah. like they were made to go to church. And it was church, 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 this. So they instilled that in us, church, 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 church. And I feel like if my parents would have gave us the tools to navigate life better and I understand it's about church and stuff, but just the tools to get out here and be able to pay bills Thanks. and know how to write a check or Facts. you know something like that like all them type of things is something that we're going to teach our child because i wasn't taught that just being a whole 21 year old i was still staying with my mom my mama if my mom could at the age of 36 she would want me to come back to live with her that's how of much of a chokehold she had me in and didn't teach me the things of just being a woman and just learning and everything that I know now being a married woman of nine years with my husband is something that I learned on my own. I mean, don't get me wrong. I did look to their marriage for just thoughts and just like, okay, I know that they did it like this. I know that they did it like that yep. and try to just make it work. But overall, I wasn't taught how to do nothing <laughs> as an adult. Listen, moving out at 21 and yet yeah, moving out at 21 um, get my, getting my first apartment by myself at like 22, 23, let me tell you, didn't know how to cook, didn't know how to clean, mm -hmm. didn't know how to wash clothes. I literally was just in the dark. I had to go to my mom like- Did you go on YouTube University that everybody say? <laughs> YouTube back in 2006? Oh, well, second Listen, <laughs> listen, YouTube, listen. It wasn't no YouTube <laughs> University. <laughs> this is where you had to pick up the phone and call somebody and say, listen, I got this pack of chicken right here. 
and some salt and pepper. What what am what, I doing what, with what it? What am I doing? What, what am I doing? Because if you oversalt the chicken, it's over. No, how about washing the chicken? Did you wash the chicken with the um, dish soap? <laughs> listen, listen, I didn't know too too much. Shoot, I could have had salmonella poisoning because, shoot, you know, it, it, the, the, you get the water on the chicken, it start kicking up, you get chicken <laughs> grease all of it. Listen, it was too all funny. bad. So, my last question for you. Mm-hmm. How does today's society play into those fears? I don't allow today's society to play into my fears. <laughs> today's society is scary. It's like, very it's scary. scary. because. But the thing about it, I think my thought process, like I be telling people all the time, my thought process is so different. Like, And it could be the way I was raised or just anything like that. But if you're not benefiting in my life, I don't care. And I shouldn't have that thought process, you know? No. that that's, I, Look, listen. People that are trying to achieve and get ahead... Yeah, you can't like worry. That. You can't worry about what the next person is doing, yeah. and what society is doing. Because society is gonna do what they want to do, and they are gonna leave you behind all day, every day. So, with that being said, you need to get and do what you need to do, and continue to do. So, I, the, the way society today, society, it does play into my fears, and the way that it plays into my fears is that the way that subliminal messages kind of get to kids yeah and it makes them believe or think one thing or another and i'm not pointing at any particular subliminal yeah, message yeah, or anything yeah. i'm just talking about just overall just, yeah propaganda or overall agenda that's just being transmitted to kids and that's what it comes when a parent day. at the end of the day that's what i say like i understand you can't protect your child from every little thing true but that's when you come in and just talk and just talk to you blue in the face. And sometimes when you red in the face, like nothing, you're you going to keep talking and talk. You're going to talk for the rest of your life. True. Because they're going to show your kid as much stuff that they want to show them regardless of how we feel or how our kid feel. So with you being that parent, you have to instill. Just because someone is this way don't mean you got to be this way. Just because somebody think this way don't mean you got to be this way. So. And, and, one, and, and just talking about that, one of the things that I used to tell my son just – all the time. Everybody not your friend. Yes. And he still comes to me and say, my well, that's my friend. I'm like, well, you just met him. But he my friend. What's yes. his last name? I don't know, but he my friend. I'm, yes. Well, how your friend, but you don't know his last name? Where do we live? I don't know, but he my friend. Yes. Is I'm like, listen, I need you to dial it back and just talk to me. It's not yeah. your friend. Like they're associates. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they 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 less than associates. They novice. They unknown. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you don't know nothing about these people. I keep trying to friends are people that you go through the trenches with. Listen, okay. Those are the friends you go through the trenches with them, and they're still around. As Y'all get into heated arguments. They're still around. Yeah. You go through some kind of hard time, and they, and they hold you down, and you hold them down. Mm-hmm. Y'all go through the trenches together. Somebody you meet on the street, you're like, oh, that's my friend. It's not your friend. It's not your friend. I don't know who that person is. And we're gonna have to keep on saying that because but, listen. Hold on. I got I got I got a story that relates to that. <laughs> I went to go pick my son. This was last year, eleventh grade. I went to go pick my son up. And he was like, Yeah, dude, my friend wanna get a ride. So his friend comes up. Now I don't remember the little boy name. Okay. Friend comes up. I'm like, what's up? What's we going just on? We're gonna call him Bobby. We're gonna call him Bobby, okay? <laughs> Bobby comes up to the car. What's up, Bobby? Yeah, um, can I get can I get a ride? I need to get a ride to uh, to my friend's house over in Chicago. Now I'm thinking it's on Chicago, like my way home, Chicago. Yeah. 
No, it's on the it's on like the other side of Dexter, Chicago. Oh, baby. I'm like, uh, that that's that's Lodge, baby. I, I ain't going that way. Like I'm going this way, but not that way. <laughs> so I'm like, so so my son, like, yeah, um, uh, he so he's still calling this person his friend. So the guy, I said, How long have you known my son? He was like, Oh yeah, I know, um, what's your name again? No. I'm like, you don't even know my son's name? But you on a ride? So he had to end up calling his mom, which coincidentally, I know his mom from the previous job that I worked at. That's the only way he got a ride out of me because I knew his mom. Yeah. And she worked at the same building I worked in. And she was like, yeah, I worked there. I've been working there for a few years. I'm looking like, okay, well, i probably seen you. I'm going to go ahead and give him a ride. But if it wasn't for that, he'd still been sitting up at that high school talking about some, man, I need to get a ride. I'm not dropping you off at some some random person house. He didn't even know your son. Name. He didn't even know. And I had asked my son, I said, uh, where you know him from? Oh, you know, I met him through a friend like last no. week. But you call him your friend. He don't even know your name, but he asked him for a ride. That's not your friend. That's not your friend. And I asked him once and I said, You still you how you talk to him? No, I ain't seen him around. That ain't your friend. Y'all don't even talk on the phone. Y'all don't play video games together. He was just trying to use you as a ride. He that, just needed to get to where he was. And you to have go. people like that that come in. To your world that People is going to try to use seasonal. you. They're that seasonal. They will use you for a particular, for whatever activity, yeah. for a particular amount of money or whatever. And then they'll go ahead and abuse you and they'll leave you. Oh, definitely. They'll leave you. And that goes for family and friends. Well, we can't say friends. Let's not say friends because they <laughs> wouldn't be friends. <laughs> they wouldn't be friends if they doing that. Exactly. And if you, and if you still got them around, they're not your friend. Exactly. I have to agree with you. All right. So we're going to go ahead and end it here. This is MNG with my guest, Candice. Candice. If you want to go ahead and drop me a line, if you want to go ahead and give me some feedback, you can always send an email to farewellmrniceguy at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your opinion. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And if you got any topics you want me to go ahead and talk about, I'll go ahead and talk about it. Peace. Thanks for joining us on this unfiltered journey with Farewell Mr. Nice Guy. We hope today's conversation brought you fresh insights and a renewed embrace of authenticity. To keep the canon vibes flowing, hit the subscribe button for more thought-provoking episodes and share the podcast with your friends. As we wrap up, keep embracing your true self, navigating life's twists and making connections truly count. Until next time, remember that your journey to authenticity and growth is one to cherish.